Welcome back to the 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. My name is Wayne Kimmel, managing partner of 76 Capital, the sports tech venture capital company. On this show, I interview top sports entrepreneurs, athletes, and executives who are shaping and many times changing the overall sports business industry. You know, today we're going to talk all about the business of sports, the business of sports media with Corey Leff, the man behind John Wall Street. Corey, welcome to the 76 Capital me. Sports Leadership Show. Thanks for having me, Wayne. I'm, I'm super excited to finally be on. Oh, man, it's so great to have you. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to have this conversation. I mean, you are the man who talks to the most influential people in sports, media, and finance. And, you know, many of us are lucky enough, and all of you out there could actually subscribe to John Wall Street, and you should. We'll talk about that um, and all the things that Corey does. And, and Corey, you know, Typically, we dive into this show and we talk about, you know, the background of one of our our guests. In this situation, I, I want to kind of dive right into how you started to build uh, John Wall Street. So I started to build John Wall Street actually kind of as a side project. Um, and I, I was working in equity research at the time. Uh, we had just had a baby. I was home a lot. Um, I also had started to see this dynamic. I, I was working for a small uh, TMT shop, a value-oriented TMT shop. And because of the nature of that business, we covered a bunch of companies that kind of had sports ties, right? MSG, Liberty Braves, Formula One, et cetera. Um, so I kind of had my eye on that part of the industry and I saw the money starting to get big in sports. But all of the coverage that was kind of around sports uh, was news focused, right? It was about, it was about breaking news where I'm coming from an equity research world where it's all about context and analysis and perspective. Um, and I'm, and I'm kind of like wondering like, why isn't there more of that uh, as it relates to, to sport? And I think the answer is that back in the mid 2010s, the sport was still largely considered like a hobby for rich guys. It wasn't looked at as like a serious investment class. Um, and that's because the money really wasn't that big. You could still buy teams, NBA teams in the late 2000s. We're still going for like a few hundred million dollars. Um, so, you know, now fast forward 15 years, those are 2 billion plus properties, right? So the money started to get big um, and, I, and I started to see this opportunity. Combine that with the time I had being at home and I was like, Let's let's start to build um, an audience. Let's start to let's start to put out content. See if I could put some perspective around some of these news stories that were out there. Um, and initially, I thought the idea was that it was going to be content marketing to sell equity research. That was the original concept. And by the way, I still think it's a really viable revenue stream. Um, if there's a, a research channel out there that is looking to partner, um, we'll put that we'll put that out there and we'll see if someone bites you know, you know. why not um so uh but what i what i really what i learned very early on was that the audience i was building wasn't necessarily the institutional investor who was going to buy equity research it was like the who's who of sports and media and so i stopped and that's partially i was able to recognize that because it's a newsletter and like the beauty of newsletters i know exactly who signs up exactly who's reading um it was influential in helping me to build this this Rolodex that's become so influential um, and allow me to put out the really good content and insights that I do. So 
it kind of all starts from the idea that uh, there was a lot of news in the space, uh, which is still kind of, of of the way it exists today. Very few people are focused on the context analysis. And I think that's why John Wall Street has kind of found its niche um, and been able to stand out. Well, Corey, I mean, you know, you, you, you named it John Wall Street. You know, why not like Corey Wall Street or something else? Like, why, How did you come up with the name? Uh, so a lot of people think my name is John. Obviously not. Um, I, I, I want. I was writing about things that were at the intersection of sports and finance, and so I just combined John Wall and Wall Street. I'm not a Wizards fan. Um, it just worked, and uh, and it's and it's stuck. Um, you know, a lot of people, like I said, kind of think my name is like as if I'm I'm John on Wall Street, like the guy. Um, not John on Wall Street. Uh, simply John Wall Street. That's that's a great story. That's a really great story. So then you also the you you add that add to that your Twitter handle this Howie Longshort. What what how did that all come about? Same type of idea, right? I was just kind of trying to marry sports and, and finance terms. Um, Howie Longshort was the analyst is writing uh, under the John Wall Street umbrella for a long time. Uh, long time readers may remember that uh, he has he has since disappeared. Uh, but there are rumors that he could be making a, a comeback in the near future. So I guess uh, we'll have to stay tuned. We will definitely stay tuned to see if Howie Longshort comes back. And, and maybe we find out who that who that even is. You know, who knows, right? That's the beauty of it. I, you know, I was always that's so there is some ambiguity behind the John Wall Street name, too. Right. So part of the reason I, I went with the name was because I wanted to convey sports and finance. The other part was that, you know, I wanted the content to stand on its own. I wanted people to read the content for what it was and d decide if it was good. And I think early on, you know, if, if it was just X newsletter by Corey Leff, you're like, who's this guy and why should I read it? And I like the ambiguity of, um, you know, like kind of who's behind this thing. And, and that started to spark conversations pretty early on. Um, you know, is this a former team owner? Is this a team executive? You know, like who is this guy? Um, and, you know, by the time they found out it was me, they've already, you know, and, and they were disappointed. They've already gotten such good content. They're willing to continue to read. Well, let's talk about the content. I mean, it is, it, I don't think people are disappointed when they read John Wall Street, but let's just, so, but when, you, you know, you have this, you have this opportunity, you know, to, you, you've been able to start to develop this newsletter. How, how, do, how did you, how do you decide what the stories are that you want to write about? I always write through the lens of, is this going to be useful to a team owner? Um, I, I think it, 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 if I pull back just a minute, it, because I was working, I had a good job and I wasn't trying to make money from John Wall Street initially. The only goal I had was to build an influential audience. That's very different than most media companies, right? Like most media companies fall into this trap where they have to chase clicks because that's how they get paid. Uh, and so, but to do, to chase clicks, you got to dummy down the content. If you dummy down the content, then you lose that really high-end valuable audience. I was never having to chase clicks and impressions because I, I didn't need to make money from the newsletter. And for a long time, the newsletter didn't make any money. Um, so the, the filter I'm writing through is, is this going to be useful to a team owner? And obviously that's a very, very smart audience. Um, so it's not, so I'm looking for stories that will matter to that demo. Uh, and then I'm trying to put a, a, a spin or perspective uh, on the story. Um, and again, when you come from the research world, banks will buy investors will buy 
dozens, hundreds, I don't know, of, of research reports uh, for thousands of dollars a piece. They want to consume as much information and as many opinions as they can and then formulate their own based on those. Um, that idea, we, we just, we don't see in, in, in sports, there's just not enough people that are writing that kind of content. So the John Wall Street, you know, so John Wall Street's take, um, you know, really stands out and, and has managed to capture the audience. So I think it's really unique. You think about this when you sit down and you're, you're writing a story and you're thinking about a team owner. Um, I think when you think about today's team owner versus the team owner even a decade ago, especially two decades ago, um, they're different. They're different types of people. Uh, you you definitely talk about that and written about that. Um, I, I want to I want to talk about that. But before we get to that, what are some of the things that these owners today are looking for? What do you think that they need to to hear to learn about? What are some of those topics that you you look to to write you know for them? So, I mean, I spend a lot of time focusing on the media ecosystem, right? Because regardless of the league, media revenues are a huge component. Um, and, and particularly now, uh, as the RSN business is evolving, uh, as the cable business is evolving, um, there's a lot, uh, it, it's constantly a moving target um, and, and, the, and the story really never ends. So um, I, I spend a lot of time focusing on media um, in the last you know, half decade. It, sports betting has obviously been a really big topic too, right? That's that's been a, a tremendous new revenue stream um, and 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 talking point within the industry. So I've certainly spent a lot of time focusing on that. Uh, but really, you know, I, I think one of the general one of the early concepts I had for for John Wall Street was that there's very little idea sharing within leagues. Um, like everybody's kind of head down, focus on their business. Uh, so and then there's I mean, there's almost no sharing amongst, you know, amongst leagues and, and, and never mind overseas. So if I could identify things that were working for a single team and convey that to all of these other teams and leagues, uh, I think there's a lot of value in that. And so, um, you know, that, that's that's kind of what I'm looking to do. I'm trying to identify trends and trying to find things that are working. Um, and, and I'm trying to explain why that is and, and so that people can learn. So how do you find these things? How, how do you how do you determine one of these things is something that you're going to write about? Or is it a certain scoop that you 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 get from a, one owner? And he's like, well, that's really interesting. And I can I can take that and share that maybe anonymously in, in, in my story across all the people that that read me. Um, yeah, I think it comes. There's a couple different ways that stories kind of, uh, you know, ideate or originate. Um, one of them is, is certainly from the, the contact you know what you're talking about if i if i have access to an influential person um people want to read their thoughts right so I, I can sometimes build out a story around the access um other times it will be uh you know something that's kind of in the news or timely today i'm spending my day uh writing about the world baseball classic which has just been kind of overwhelmingly successful by any metric, right? I don't think anybody expected to be talking about the World Baseball Classic in the middle of March Madness this year. Um, and tonight's baseball game, or I shouldn't say tonight, because I don't know when your show is gonna air, but- It's, it's all good. Well, tonight is the final, right? The US versus Japan. It's been so exciting, you know, and all these, for, for me, all these Phillies that are on the Team USA is unbelievable. Um, and, and Trey Turner- 
He, we're getting we're getting a we're getting a preview of what Trey Turner is going to look like in in the Phillies uniform. I can't wait. So I'm spending you know part of so sometimes I spend the day focused on the current news, right? Everybody's going to watch the World Baseball Classic tonight. It's probably going to be the most watched baseball game of all time. Um, so it, that's an easy one, right? Uh, I reached out to Major League Baseball, spoke to Noah Garden this morning about what's kind of driving, uh, you know, the success of, of baseball. And I'll be able to put out a smart column about the World Baseball Classic on Thursday morning. So sometimes it's based on what's happening in the news, right? Like a story is so obvious that we need to write about it. Sometimes it's who I have access to, you know, I get access to through the readership base or through a contact, um, or sometimes through its PR, um, I'll have somebody, I'll be able to build out a story that way. Or sometimes it's just, you know, a lot of what I do is identifying trends. And so, uh, you know, I spend a ton of time reading. Um, and and uh, I, I again, I, coming from that research world, I try to consume as much as I can and then try to parse through as, and, and cut through as to what actually, um, you know, is the truth and, and is actually happening. So if I can find interesting things that are working or things that I might think might become a trend down the line, I love to focus on those. Um, it, the, the idea is always, can we make a really smart audience just a little bit smarter each day? You know, one of the things that you we, we talked about a little bit earlier, Corey, is is this idea of the owners uh, of these teams and, and the values of the teams and these owners are, and the fact that these owners are different than they used to be. You want to talk a little bit about that? What they are today as compared to yeah. what they used to be? Yeah, um, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties. It was a lot of it was, these were family-run businesses. They were small businesses, um, and they were run as such. Now the the over the last 15, 20 years, the money has gotten so big in sports to buy a team, you have to have millions, if not billions of dollars, right? Um, and so the the class of people that are buying these teams are different. Um, these are now people that have been uber successful in other industries um, and they're bringing their learnings to sport and they're trying to modernize sport. Um, and it's really fascinating, uh, to be honest, uh, it's, you know, let me rephrase that. There are a lot of great things about it, um, right? There's uh, making sports smarter is it, there's there's been good um, there's been things that are good about that. It's obviously been you know out trying you know talk about dynamic pricing and things like that. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of fans that would wish that it was still a uh, you know ten dollar get in. Well, look, I mean, I think it's really interesting when you, when you, you know, we talk about these owners, as you said, they, they, they've been, they've been successful in other places. They understand how technology, data, analytics will be, will help them make more money in on the field, off the field, the valuation of their business. Um, if they're able to do what all these other industries have done that have transformed their industries and taken their industries to another another level. This is a whole new world for these these owners, and and that's one of the things that certainly at seventy six Capital we're excited about because being able to back these entrepreneurs that are doing the next next thing across the world of tech and data and analytics, and then having the the leagues and the teams and the owners be so receptive to all of this. 
um, and really, really look at like, so how can we make the game better? How can we make our team better? This is a really exciting time across the world of sports to, to, to have these types of owners that are welcoming of this, to have commissioners that are like, yeah, tell me what the new thing is, right? I think that's a really interesting, interesting opportunity, you know, interesting time where this was not the case. And I think for you as a, you know, as a, a reporter and writer and, and someone who's really digging into the, to the, uh, you know, the analytics side and the, and really, and you know, analyzing what's happening across sports, it, it's, it must be really exciting because people are, are really, they're seriously thinking about it. I mean, you said earlier, right. It was used to be the media was, was, is such a big part of the revenues. The tickets used to be, you know, it was those two areas that those are the main revenue sources, but now there's more. There's more opportunity than ever before. And that that certainly gives you, I'm sure, more opportunity to write about different different things that are coming down the pike today. Yeah, no, it's it, it does. And and it certainly didn't want to make it sound like uh, innovation is not exciting. It, it's, it's innovation is very exciting. And it is fantastic that sport is um, it, that all of these creative minds are coming into sport and and trying to improve the fan experience. I mean, that's that's undoubtable. Um, you know, I, I'm. I'm really fascinated. I wrote a story earlier this week about a company called Jump um, and the use of technology. Uh, you talk about transforming ticketing, right? Uh, that's a business that has been pretty stagnant for like the last 30, 40 years, um, at least primary ticketing. And now you have a company, uh, this company Jump, which is backed by A-Rod and Mark Lore. Um, and what they're trying to do is, is create Shopify uh, for sports teams and venues. And so you have this idea where um, they kind of control ticketing, um, but then also they're bolting on merchandise, they're bolting on collectibles, they're bolting on, and this is all part of the end-to-end the -end fan experience that then the teams and leagues that currently are without all of this data uh, and insights can capture uh, and then use to retarget uh, and, and to to monetize those fans in other ways. So yes, very, very exciting um, how, how technology is, is being implemented um, and, and ways that it can shake up the, the key revenue streams um, that, have, yeah. that sports have, have made a living on. You know, when you look at, you know, the last couple of years, is there a certain story or person that you've had the opportunity to interview or, or, or really dig into that, you know, was, was was really exciting to you or, or you know something that you you think back is like wow that was an awesome story or wow i can't believe i had the opportunity to speak to that person um do you have some you know a story like that 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 makes you you know you think about a lot and you're like well, that was really a great amazing that i had an opportunity to speak with that person um i wish i had a great answer for you i i, I don't um you know well, you get to speak to so many different people. I mean, I, I always talk about that's like, the best part about my job to be uh, the no doubt about it. The best part of my job is talking to all of these super smart people that I talk to. I, my dad is a, is a doctor, was a doctor. He's, he's since retired. He's he's a, a he's a real student. Like he graduated med school at 20. Like he's a, he's graduated, skipped three grades. He's a very, very, he's, he's an academic by academic measures and i am not that uh or at least was not as a child um and 
I like will call my I, I I've had times over the last couple of years where I've called my dad up and said like dad I just learned more in the last 30 minutes uh than I've learned in four years at Arizona um the conversations that I get to have are stimulating and and exciting um and are what get me going every single day for sure um you know is there one that stands out I, I don't know um I don't know. The one person that will, will stand out is uh, Eric Grubman is is like my favorite person to talk to, um, because every time I talk to him, I know I'm going to get smarter. I, I don't I, you know. So is it like one story? I don't think it's like one story that we've done. Um, I just feel every time I speak to the guy, I, I learn something um, and I know the audience is going to learn something, too. So that's the one person that I will I will mention that that kind of stands out to me head and head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, is there, you know, you, you mentioned your dad. I mean, is, you know, one of the things that we love to do on our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show is really hear from our guests and and hear if they're, if they had someone that was a mentor, someone that really inspired them to do what they're doing. Um, many times people do mention their dad. I certainly love to tell stories about my dad and, you know, and, and, and how he was so influential with me and in, in my, in, in my, in my growth and my business. But how about you? Um, you know, I think my dad motivated me from like a success perspective, right? Like to be successful, to want to be successful, to want to be something um, for sure. And, 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 you know, as a, as a doctor, he's kind of like a role model, right. Uh, to a lot of people, but no, I wouldn't say that. Like I had, I never like really had a great mentor role model, like as a kid. And, and maybe that's the reason like I wasn't like a great student, um, but I have gotten some help since I've gotten into the business. Um, Joe Favorito uh, has been a mentor for me really since the idea came to, you know, was formulated. Um, and I, I reached out to him blindly um, on Twitter, which I can't tell you the amount of influential people that I've made contact with and built relationships with. Like the platform has been invaluable for me. But um, I reached out to Joe. I had written like in the summer of 2017, probably like 30 short stories. Um, I, I wanted to just get in like a cadence and and try to, you know, just figure out what I was what I was going to put together in a newsletter. And I I, I blindly emailed Joe. I had you know I kind of knew who he was from his time at the Knicks and the Sixers, and uh, his he had the newsletter that was kind of influential in, in the sports business community. And um, I just reached out and said, hey, listen, I wrote 30 stories. I don't want anything from you. All I want you to do is like tell me like. Do I, do I have something here? Like, am I, am I on to something? Um, or am I totally wasting my time? And he, to his credit, uh, and, and if you know Joe, he mentors a lot of people. Uh, he's a professor at Columbia is, is one of the many things he does. But he, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he got it immediately. And he said, you know, if you follow my, my guidance, he's like, I think this, this will work. And um, he didn't, wasn't asking me for anything. He didn't ask me for any money. He genuinely just wanted to help. And um, he has been certainly the most influential uh, person in, in John Wall Street's success. That's amazing. He, he's, he's a good man. He's definitely a good man. And that's really, really nice to hear. And, you know, he's touched so many people's lives across the world of sports and over the years. And, and that's one of the amazing things about the sports industry. I mean, you meet people, right, that have, that have been around for a long time. And, and I think most people, um, at least the ones that fortunately, we fortunately get to interact with are, 
are, are really helpful and are really look all about, you know, this idea of giving back and helping others. And you know, look, we're, we're all so lucky to be in the world of sports. It, I, I didn't realize this when I got into the business. Um, the, you're a hundred percent right, Wayne. Um, because so many people want to be in this business and the competition is so strong to get into the business you have to be good. Like you, you have to be a good person. People don't want to work with, if you, you know, if you, people don't want to work with you, you're not going to work in the business. And it is a small community too. That's the other thing, right? Um, it's a really small, everybody knows everybody in, in, in the sports world. So um, if you have a bad reputation, people are going to, people are going to, are going to know about it. Um, so yeah, the, the people that have been in the industry for a long time um, are generally pretty good people. Yeah. I mean, and you talk about the industry, right? I mean, it, it, it really is, it, it is very seasonal, right? There are certain seasons, there's sort of a heartbeat to the, to how every year kind of goes on. Um, certainly now with all these new sports and all these new leagues, it's, it's kind of changing up a lot of things, but there are, you know, we, we definitely, there's definitely a circuit that, that many of us travel on around, around the, around the season, depending on, you know, championship games and all-star games and first you know, the, the, the sort of the first game of the year or the, the playoffs. I mean, there's, there's so many, there's, there's so many opportunities and, you know, what, what has that have been, been like for you to sort of be part of all that now? It's pretty amazing. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm a big sports fan first and foremost. Um, so Wait, before you get to that, what are your teams? Who, who are your teams? So I root for all the New York losers. I'm a Jets, a Mets, Nets, uh, and the devils are, are the one winner I have in the group uh, right. a few rings in my lifetime. Um, but yeah, I, I root for the New York losers and I'm a big Wildcats fan. I went to Arizona, so I root for uh, football and basketball. Very disappointing. Uh, and to what had been a pretty promising season. And then I, I'm also a, a, a Volks Seton Hall Pirates fan. Um, I grew up in North Jersey in, in Livingston uh, next to South Orange. And I'm still pretty uh, actively involved with that program. So um big college basketball guy did you play sports growing up uh yeah i mean i played sports like like other kids you know like any other kid i played lacrosse in high school um my high school got lacrosse when i was a freshman so we all kind of learned to play together um but uh i, I would not consider myself a it, the best athlete that's ever been on the wayne kimmel show for sure <laughs> well i always want to hear what people played and what they did you know and, and it look i think it, it it certainly being on a team right i mean really certainly shapes you and, and really helps you as you continue in whatever career you are in business. Yeah. You know, I, I love the, you, you talk about the, you know, the access and the be, being able to go to games. It's, it's actually for me, and I'm sure it's the same for you. I've been to so many games. I go to so many games. It's actually not the run of the mill regular season game that really gets me going anymore. Like, um, Yes, I love to go and tailgate at the Jets game, and, and that's. I, I, I you know, let me rephrase. I, I still love to go to every game, but the the events that really juice me up are like when it's when there's a spectacle, right? So, um, you know, I, I I love like you know the Final Four, or you know, I, I love or Kentucky Derby or whatever it is. Um, I love when there is uh, like a a, a bigger 
event than just the game. And, and so I'm very excited about this, this kind of trend in sport uh, of, of more of like a festival atmosphere um, and, and tying on kind of other experiences to the game. Because the truth of the matter is, is like we talk about, we've been to so many games and more often than not, 95 out of 100 times, the game is not memorable. Um, people, you just don't remember them. Uh, and so it needs to be more, there needs to be reasons to come back to the stadium. Um, there needs to be reasons for people to, to want to, 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 to remember it. Well, Corey, it's, it's been amazing having you on our 76 capital sports leadership show. And as we start to wind down here, I mean, these, your stories are great. Your background is, is, is amazing. And, you know, really, as, as I've said before, I mean, if you're not a subscriber, to John Wall Street. You need to be a subscriber to John Wall Street. And I guess all you need to do is just go to johnwallstreet.com and you can subscribe. And um, I, I, I highly recommend everybody reading what, what, you're, what you're putting out there. Um, it's, it's a great way for, for anyone who wants to break into the world of sports, who's in the world of sports, who wants to learn more about the world of sports. It's, it's, the, it's the place to, it's definitely one of the places you need to read, no doubt about it. But, you know, Corey, I, I want to one thing I, I wanted to ask you is, is you just mentioned this, is that, you know, this experience, the business of sports, what this will look like in the future. What are your thoughts about the reports that if there becomes sports betting and casinos in Texas and this idea of the Las Vegas Sands, along with Mark Cuban, creating this almost like adult entertainment center where there's a casino with a with a, an arena inside of it you know what would what do you think about those types of ideas is that something that could be potentially in your in your view good bad more fun you know what what would that what would that kind of an experience um, mean to you yeah i love it um you know i like the idea of of giving different people I like the idea of appealing to different demographics. Not everybody is going to come to the game because they love the game. There's going to be some people that come because they like the food. There's going to be some people that come because they like the music. There's going to be some people that come because they like the tailgate. Like, so to draw the biggest audience, I think you need to appeal to different demographics. And so if there's some people that like to go and play in a casino, uh, before or after a game, great. Like that sounds logical enough to me. Um, I, yeah, I, I love it. And we've already seen, you know, kind of every, uh, from a team perspective, everybody's kind of looking for the next revenue stream. We've seen real estate be a, a key driver of that. Um, so it certainly sounds logical enough to me. We're seeing sports books opened up in arenas. Um, we're talking about opening up arenas on days. We are starting to already open up arenas on days where games are not being played. Again, makes too much sense for it not to be happening. So, um, yeah, no, I, I love the idea. I, I think that's that's the type of innovation that is really exciting um, and, and could lead to some really great experiences down the line. Well, and, and to, to wrap up, I mean, next year with the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, later this year with F1 in Las Vegas, I mean, just Las Vegas becoming a sports destination. Um, just in your in, in your years of, of of writing about the sports industry is is that is that a surprise? Is that something that you're like, wow, the, why why did it take so long? You know, like that that's is it something that you you ever think about, write about, or or something that you'd want to really dig into at some point? Um, 
I can't say that I spend a ton of time thinking about it. Like I've always been fascinated by the idea of Las Vegas as a, as a, uh, a sports town ever since you and I, you know, I was, I grew up in the, in the late eighties, early nineties when UNLV was rolling. Um, and I always thought it was like amazing that you'd have this, you know, the best college team would be right on the strip. Like that's, that sounds like a great place to go to college. And, and I can totally, well, understand I, I tried to convince my daughter to go there. It didn't work, but she did. Where did she, how could you have a better experience than that? Um, so, you know, I, I like the idea, right? Sports is fun and Vegas is supposed to be a fun town. So, um, I, I love it. Um, I guess the inter, you know, I'm surprised it took so long in the sense that, everybody kind of knew or should have known uh that the more above board this was right Le if it were legal then the odds of game fixing and such would decrease um so i guess maybe i'm a little surprised it's taken as long as it has um i'm also a little surprised about the knights i i you know the raiders is is was logical enough. People come in for a weekend, they party, they go to a Raider game, they fly out, whatever. That, that, that was, and there's only eight games. Um, I've been impressed uh, and, and, and surprised about the amount or, or about the success of the Knights being able to consistently draw in a town that most people kind of assume is or, or think of as a, as like a travel destination. Um, but Metro Vegas has grown, right? Like Metro Vegas, I don't know where it ranks now from like a city standpoint, but it's it's big. Um, and so clearly it can support franchises. Now, I don't know if that means it can support three, four, five franchises, right? If baseball moves there and MLS moves there. Um, but it's you're not going to break any news for us with. Uh, I no, I am not breaking any news. Uh, I'm not breaking any news, period. Uh, <laughs> very, very little news of. of Occasionally, I will break stuff in the course of like a reporting a story out. But most of what I'm, as Wayne knows, but I'm just speaking for the audience, is 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 trying to take stuff that's actually in the ether and, and trying to help people understand why it matters and and, and help how to maybe think about it. Yeah, well, that that's exactly what John Wall Street's all about. That's why we all read it. That's why the most influential people in sports, media, and finance start their day with John Wall Street. So, Corey, it's been awesome having you on our 76 Capital Leadership Show. Thank you so much for coming on. I wish you continued success and look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, please reach out if I can ever be of help. Absolutely. Again, keep up with what you're doing, and we're all, we're all just loving all the work that you do. Have a great day. Thanks, Wayne.